Welcome to the AJ Brown Show, where we talk about all things investing, options trading, and the like. Now here's your host, AJ, whose primary mission in life is to help you become a better investor. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the AJ Brown Show. My name is Cyprian Francis, broadcasting in front of the China again, uh, back in Chicago. And AJ, as always, how are you? Merry Christmas. Hey, I'm doing well. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you. Uh, I guess this is our quote unquote uh, Christmas episode. The markets are closed today, but closed. there was some exciting news yesterday that I came across that we we hit all time highs, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's exact, but it's exactly what I was talking about last week, Sip. Um, I actually have the chart up here. Show me, show, show everybody this chart. This is the S and P 500. You know, you guys, we listen to. And let me go ahead and switch it over to some candle bars. Those are easier for you to see. Um, we we always, you know, people on the news and uh, t- the talking heads are always talking about the Dow Jones, right? But the Dow Jones, we consider maybe like the king or the queen of the market, and the S and P 500 is the prime minister. That's what we pay attention to. That's the 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 um, index that most represents our watch list. So last week we were talking about this horizontal level of resistance at all time highs, right? We were talking about this ascending level of support. We were saying, hey, we're going to get pinched in the next month or so if we don't gently go above resistance or down below support. Well, in the last three days we definitely have pushed up to that level of resistance. The question is, is can we get above? Yes, we're flirting with all-time highs. Yes, we have a recovery. Yes, Wall Street doesn't think that uh, the this new variant of the coronavirus is going to be that deadly. It's just going to be more of a nuisance, right? So that's where we're at. We're still wondering are we going to get above that level? That level that we've been talking about is about 4,730, 4,740 on the S&P 500. Can we get above that level? So we got our Santa Claus rally. There it is. The last three days, Santa came around. And what is that? I mean, that's a pretty hefty move there. Those are some hefty moves. But I also want to remind everybody we talked about last week, which is a few voices speaking loudly. So when folks start, you know, turning off their computers, stop calling into the trade desks, the market still moves on the days that it's open. And so it's those few voices that are left. And we usually call those people kind of the more intense traders that can't live without the fix, if you will. And so they're the ones who are in control of moving the market. If you look at the volumes, the volumes are starting to get low. People have checked out and people will check out all next week as they spend time with their family and all hold on one second yeah it looks like we lost you there okay you're back i'm back i'm back so yeah the scoop is is that people are are you know in that santa claus you know rally but it's the few people who are speaking loudly about it all right sure sure um and so 
when we think about who's speaking loudly, right, um, a huge voice in that manner is social media. And so, um, you know, I know that we were discussing before we started some of the things that happened this year where this hype and this chatter can can drive certain companies. And, and two of the big ones that were, you know, I think they're actually making movies about these stories were AMC and GameStop. Yeah. So let's talk about the GameStop uh, candidate right here, GME. So what happened there? You know, this is something that happens all the time. By actually talk a little bit, just a reminder, and let me up my little marker. You know I love to draw on my screen. Uh, let's talk about, you know, let, let's just get into the psychology of, you know, what's happening with this thing because I don't, I think people are putting more than it really happened here. It's coming up here with my marker. So GameStop had this situation where the hedge fund traders were shorting it. Now, what is shorting, right? Shorting is where we sell to open a trade and then buy to close it lower. So you're actually selling before you're buying. The rules are still the same. The rules are buy low, sell high. But if you're going to, if something's high and you expect it to go down low, you would short it. You would sell first. You would sell high and buy back low. And you can do this in the markets because uh, by the rules of the rule makers of the market, our brokers have to keep a certain number of shares on hand in order to be brokers. And so what they do is they actually loan out those shares because they just have to hold them. They, they, they have to be a holding place of them. But they can loan out those shares to the individual investors that are, uh, you know, broker clients, and we can sell those shares as long as we promise to buy them back and return them back to that reserve. And so that's called shorting, and it makes money for the individual investor if the price of the underlying symbol goes down. So hedge fund traders were shorting GameStop. And if you think about it, if you do a lot of shorting, there's a lot of selling pressure. You're going to make the price go down, right? Well, Folks, and th th this is just what social media, the power of social media, folks on Reddit got together and say, hey, let's outsmart these hedge fund traders, right? And if you think about it, if you've got something that's going sideways, what you've got when something's going sideways and you see it going up and down and up and down, but it kind of peters out either at a level of resistance or at a level of support is you start to get attention by folks. And so, for instance, if you've seen it go down to a certain level before, you might call your broker up, and this happens all the time, and you might say, hey, next time it's at that level, I've always heard to buy low and sell high, just buy me 
some of those shares of GameStop. So, okay, there's all these buy orders waiting to trigger when the price gets low enough. And what happens when all those buy orders trigger? Well, obviously that creates a demand and that pushes the price back up and an accumulation occurs. Same thing happens up here at the top. So when you start seeing all of that uh, level maybe up here that the stock doesn't go any higher to, you say to your broker, by the way, if the stock gets any higher, uh, go ahead and sell it because that's the level that it seems to top out at. So there's literally a whole bunch of sell orders waiting so that when price hits that level, selling will occur. And of course, that makes the demand go away and the price will drop. And that's kind of an ongoing thing. And as that happens more and more, more people get the attention of this and more trades come in and it actually solidifies those levels of support and resistance. And so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you start to see that many tests of support and resistance, it literally is all these investors that now have skin in the game. But the same thing happened, by the way, and it can also be in reverse, can't it? In other words, instead of when I'm up here, I'm selling to close, I could also be shorting, selling to open and looking to buy to close at the bottom. It's a sell order and it's a buy order. It just doesn't, it, it, it whether it's to open a trade or close a trade, whether it's to go long or short is beside the point. It's selling and buying. The other thing that happens is that people above this level, because everybody knows that every once in a while there is a breakout. And so what that means is that the underlying symbol goes outside of the channel and then shoots high. And so everybody likes to catch these breakouts. So the same person who's on the phone calling their broker saying, do me some buying at the bottom and do me some selling at the top says, oh, by the way, if it goes a few dollars higher than that resistance level, do me some buying because I think it's going to be a breakout and I'm going to catch that. So literally a few dollars above that level of resistance, there's a whole bunch of orders waiting for buying. Not only that, these people who have... um you know, shorted their position, they have a level here. It's like a stop loss order. It's a, a order to cover, you know, buy to cover. And it's how these shorting people, these people who have sold, protect themselves. If this price goes high, they're going to go ahead and buy those stock shares back so they don't lose too much. Because remember, they sold here and they have to buy back to return those shares to their broker, to their broker's reserve. And so they don't want to lose so much on the spread. So they have their buy orders there. Plus other people are saying to themselves, I want to catch that breakout up. So I'm going to put some buy orders. So there's always buy orders right above resistance, whether it's protective buy orders for somebody who's shorted or whether it's buy orders for people who want to catch a, a breakout. And same thing happens below support. There are sell orders down there, whether they're stop loss orders where people who have bought some of the stock, they're like, oh gosh, the underlying symbol price is going down and I better sell and get out of it. But there's also people who are ready to short because they want to catch a down breakout. And so check this out. Usually it's hedge fund traders or mutual fund traders. It's big money traders who 
have the purse, have the amount of cash necessary to basically counteract all of these sell orders up here and then keep the price moving. So they keep buying. As much as these people are selling, they keep buying and they just have to buy a little bit more than the amount that was selling to push the price of the symbol up into that range where people are buying to close in order to protect themselves, as well as people are buying to open in order to catch a breakout. And that's exactly the difference this year was that it wasn't a big money trader who pushed that. It was a whole bunch of individual investors. It was the year of the individual investors who got together in their tribe on Reddit and each put in a small dollar donation, if you will. You know, you hear about all these political leaders getting, um, you know, they're getting uh, elected on small dollar donations rather than the big money. Well, it's the same thing in the markets, right? All these people got together and coalesced around GameStop and they literally pushed the price up to where the hedge fund traders, all those bazillion of dollars that were shorting the symbol, all of a sudden had to buy to close. And all a whole bunch of other people saw what was happening and they jumped on board doing some buying and it caused the price of GameStop, as you can see over here, to shoot up immensely at the beginning of 2020, 2021. And of course, once it hit the top, all those Reddit folks jumped out at the high price. But ever since, you know, what that does for the company when you start all of a sudden is that increases their capitalization that increases the amount of money they have to spend. So they use that money to basically reposition themselves. And so GameStop's actually been really kicking butt. I mean, they're not as high as they were, but um, even after all those initial, uh, you know, retail investors pulled out and it's, you know, the leftover folks, their capitalization is way high and it's giving the company a second breath. Yeah, and I was going to ask, so does this means that, the the stock is beginning to level out into this channel versus the the up and down fluctuations and um you your strategy fits well into a stock that starts to define those um so that will be yeah. interesting to watch do the the other one was AMC is AMC kind of finding a channel in a similar way let's check it, let's check it out Yeah. At you know, AMC was trading around $10 and then it jumped as high as like $75 and then now it's trading around maybe $30. So it hasn't had the same kind of effect as GameStop. GameStop's up so much and you know, both of these companies have had a chance to reset. Now we'll see if their fundamentals which ultimately tell whether the company, you know, it, this Hail Mary play that they got thanks to these individual investors. We'll see if they can make good on it in the years to come. But I mean, this is a lifeline that nobody could have expected. And it really shows the power of the individual investor. It also kind of uh, explains to us how these phenomena work with, you know, 
protecting our risk when we short positions. Yeah, and I mean, movie theaters are finally open. I know Spider-Man did very well the last week um, in terms of global sales. So there, you know, unlike when everything was shut down, there was no revenue. AMC is generating revenue now, so they're probably finding some some levels there with the fundamentals to kind of support it. Absolutely. Um, so that was, you know, an exciting, I don't know, um, two years of, of hype, right? Um, but things are starting to, I don't know, I guess things are still becoming a bit uncertain with the Omicron, right? I mean, uh, there's all these shutdowns that are happening again. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like, and again, it might be a few voices speaking loudly, and we'll have to see what happens. But as of, you know, the markets are blowing it off. But again, I ready to watch this horizontal identified uh, a couple weeks ago, this guy right here. Watch this level around 4,730 on the S&P 500. Let's see if we can get above it because that is a formidable level of resistance. If we get above it, I mean, that's going to be, that's basically the market's telling us that, hey, um, we're ready to see further. Um, but again, right now, especially these last three days, these last three updates, that could be just a few voices speaking loudly. Those intense traders that in, in, refuse to go have a family life telling us yeah. what they think is going to happen. But we always have a, a moment of reckoning on like January 3rd, 4th, and 5th where investors come back and kind of correct what's been happening for the previous two weeks. So we'll see. Yeah, and today today's Christmas Eve. Tomorrow is Christmas. I know everybody's getting together with their families, having some some family dinners. Some people might not be you know, cooking at home, but might be heading out to a steakhouse. And I know that we've got a nice little setup on a trade yeah. with a steakhouse. Yeah. And, and I, I'm glad we talked about that uh, buy to cover. So let's take a look at Ruth's Hospitality. This is, like you said, it's a steakhouse company. They've got, what, about 100 in their chain. Uh, I'm going to zoom in to like a six-month chart because as you can see, this company's been chugging along, which is perfect for our strategy, right? And you can definitely see what we were talking about with those lines of support and resistance. Every time this underlying symbol gets to a certain price, buying occurs. And every time it gets to another certain price, selling occurs, buying occurs, selling occurs. And it looks like we're at that level where we're going to start seeing some selling. So what should we do? Whenever you're at that level, you should sell. And so we want to sell to open some positions. Now, Ruth doesn't have the option chain that some of the other candidates like Mattel and Delta Airlines. Uh, it doesn't have those type of following. Um, so we're we're somewhat limited, but not completely. So here's my instructions. Let me go ahead and... Uh, put my instructions up on this on the screen. And of course, remember, I'm always going to say this, the, the trade I'm going to explain here, you know, this is for educational purposes only, not considered advice or any endorsement to purchase or sell. We're not, we just want you to follow along with the trade. And especially, you know, if you put a plan together on this, similar to the one I'm going to give you, 
Make sure you back test and forward test it before you invest any real money. Make sure you know what you're doing because we are not in a place to be giving advice. Okay, good for that. Let's talk about it. So on an end of day, fast MACD crossing with follow through or on a fast reversal. So those are two techniques we talk about in my program on how to identify if we are really at the top or not. When we identify that we're at the top, and I feel like we might be doing that next week, we're going to sell to open or short 500 shares of Ruth stock. Now, if you've got a bigger portfolio, that's about a $10,000 investment. If you've got a bigger or a smaller portfolio, you'll adjust accordingly to keep your risk risk in place. But here's where we're going to do the same thing as those hedge fund traders. We're going to place a stop loss order. And in this case, the stop loss order is going to be a buy to cover if Ruth goes back up and crosses above $21. So let me make sure you know what I'm talking about here. Here's Ruth. Let me get rid of my chicken scratch on the screen. And so once we identify, and I gave you two different ways that we like to identify tops. Once we've identified the tops, and it looks like that's going to happen early next week, then we're going to go ahead and short some shares of Ruth. That means we're going to sell to open. And we're going to go ahead and put a buy to close stop loss order triggered on Ruth going above $21. That's going to protect our risk, right? Now, what are we going to do after that? Everybody knows. If you've been following along, you know that we're going to wait. We're going to wait a little bit as Ruth drops in price. And once it drops to a certain level, one doesn't really matter what that level is, but once it finds its bottom, we're going to then sell some put premium against it. And I've got the Ruth January 21, $17.50 puts. And as protection, I'm going to put the call options for May in place at the $20 call. So now I've got the shorted stock. I've got put premium sold against that. And I've got call options hedging it. And then I'm going to wait. That put premium is going to expire on the third week of January. That's our payday. And that leaves us with the call. So when we find another top, we'll go ahead and close those call options, probably at a profit. We don't need them anymore once the premium expires. So we can get rid of them and it'll give us a profit. It'll give us frosting on the cake with our strategy. And then we'll see if we can do it again and again on that shorted underlying stock. So that's really our whole plan in a nutshell. We're just going to be following Ruth at the top. We're going to go ahead and short the symbol at the bottom. We're going to sell put premium. Now, I did get a question, Sip. Folks were asking, what if it just goes so far down? Should we still short the premium? And I would say if it goes below $17, no, don't don't sell the premium. Just buy to close your shorted symbol at a profit. But if it stops where it stopped before, that's a perfect opportunity to go ahead and sell premium, buy your protection at $20, and allow that trade to start giving you income every month. Yeah, I like I like this setup. I like the stock price. That, that support right there, um, or that resistance right there is looking very thick. 
Um, And just them being in the industry of hospitality, there's a lot of risks that come along with that these days. Yeah. Yeah. And don't worry. I mean, the scoop is, is we've got our buy to close order, just like those uh, hedge fund traders we talked about on GameStop. We've got risk protection here. But also, once we sell our premium and buy our protection, that, and we'll, we'll maybe talk about that on a future show, but that protective call now passively protects us against risk, whereas that buy to close order was actively, we've got them both in place. Now you're double protected. You've got your belt and your suspenders on. Totally. Um, and so just real quick for anybody that's new and watching, if this is something that you want to learn more about step-by-step, uh, AJ does a daily workshop. The link is there in the comments, optioninvesting.org workshop. And feel free to hit us with a follow, hit us with a subscribe. Um, we're trying to produce great content, provide wonderful examples, and educate the public on using options to invest and uh, expand on your portfolio. Should we look at a couple of our trades from just this past week? Sure. Like Mattel. Mattel, we're just waiting for that perfect opportunity to sell put premium. So, so we're just waiting. What you're saying is we, we did the trade a couple weeks ago. It's still on the watch list, and there might be a setup happening. Yeah. Yeah, we're literally just waiting for the money-making opportunity. And at the whole time, Mattel is appreciating, you know, the original trade we did, it's appreciating. We're just wondering, is this a good time now to give ourselves an income, give ourselves that instant dividend, or should we just allow the underlying symbol to appreciate? So with Mattel, we've got some back-month puts so puts make money when the underlying symbol goes down. So that back month put is making money. It's appreciating. We're just, again, looking for the timing to sell the front month and make a nice instant dividend. Uh, what else did we have? We did Airlines. Some- yeah, there was a lot of news yesterday about the um, Delta canceled 100 flights Christmas Eve. Yes. Which yeah, is and sad that- and unfortunate, but... It, it was only 7% of all the flights, and that's, I mean, that's unfortunate, but that's not like a catastrophe. And that's what the traders said yesterday, by the way. They said, it's unfortunate, but it's not that big a deal. And so Delta Airlines and American Airlines, for that matter, they have formed these double bottoms, which are fantastic uh, affirmations of support. And so a lot of our users in my program have gotten their positions solidified either by buying the stock or by buying back month, deep in the money, far out in time call options. And so they're in the same position, but now this one they want to go up and that's how they're going to profit on it. All right. We got a question that just came in, AJ. You know, I think this is in, in your world here. What are your thoughts on buying a DITM, ticker symbol DITM call, leaps, and then selling an ITM call? I mean, I feel like that's, oh, and selling a call four months into, do you see the question there? uh, 
I don't see the question, but uh, deep in the money. So the, the question is, is what do you think about buying a deep in the money? Let me see if I can pull the question up. Hold on one second so I can read it as well. It's on this other screen of mine. coming got it okay what are your thoughts about buying a deep in the money call and then selling an in the money call about four months in the future that is about five to ten percent below the current strike price well okay that's a great question so i'm all about buying deep in the money calls or buying deep in the money options as option substitutes. Um, what I like to do instead of using the, uh, you know, the Black-Scholes option pricing model is I just like to simply, um, you know, you can calculate intrinsic versus extrinsic value on the option price. And I just want to see that the intrinsic value is more than 95% of the value of the option. Uh, so all about that. When it comes to selling a call or selling any option, it depends on what you're optimizing that option on. So for instance, if you're optimizing it on time passing by, then you really want to sell a near-term option. You don't want to go farther out than that because the idea is you want to let time uh, be your profit source. And you, whenever you sell an option, you have an obligation to the person you sold the option to, right? They have a right to exercise you whenever they want. You have the obligation. So you're in a commitment when you sell that. And so that puts you in a very difficult position if the underlying symbol does something unexpected. So you only want to be in these commitments for the least amount of time for the biggest bang of your buck. Now, if you look at how time works on a uh, option, and it has a lot to do with the human psyche and how we procrastinate until the last minute to do things, you'll notice that the value stays pretty solid. It's called theta, stays pretty solid until an option becomes near term, until it's about three to five weeks to expiration. And then the theta decay happens very quickly. So if you really want to get that sweet spot, whenever you sell an option, you're going to sell an option for the least amount of time for the biggest bang of your buck. We tend to target three to five weeks, but because of the higher implied volatilities that we've been talking about over the past weeks, we've been able to go ahead and sell some as soon as like, you know, eight days, seven days, one week to expiration and still make a pretty big killing, even with our commissions. So um, I'm not a fan of selling options for four months out. I don't think that the risk and the commitment and the obligations you put yourself under are worth the out of time. Now, if you're going in an advanced strategy and you're actually selling those options in order to um, um, take advantage of volatility swings, that's another story. But with you saying, you know, you're thinking about selling an in the money call four months out. Um, I'm not sure I'm a fan of that strategy. I, I think that you're kind of putting a lot of your money into this that it's just going to come back at parity. You're not going to, you know, you're tying up a lot. It's not the most efficient trade in my humble opinion. 
And that's the that's the art of investing is different opinions, different strategies, different risk reward levels. Yeah. And so uh, by all means, if anybody else ever has any questions, drop them in the comments and AJ will give you his honest perspective on on the setup. Yeah. You know, the beautiful thing, Sip, about options is that you can totally optimize them by choosing expiration dates and choosing strike prices. And so you really want to take advantage of the pattern of the underlying symbol that you've observed, you know, that you've recognized, and then fit the right combination of options into a strategy to take advantage of that pattern. And so what I find with some investors is that, and, and I'm not saying about this, any, any investors on, on our line right now, this has nothing to do. It's just something that came to my mind is that they take the option strategies and they try to apply them um, to uh, patterns instead of taking the pattern and finding the best option strategy. It's like um, uh, my analogy uh, with my users is always like, hey, you're a plumber who showed up on the job site and what you found is that there needs to be some carpentry. You're not the best person for the job and neither is the tools that you have in your tool belt the right tools for that job. Um, you know, you, you're there for plumbing. So you want to make sure that you're not just taking an option strategy. Like a lot of folks uh, love vertical spreads for some reason. Um, and so they'll take vertical spreads and try to apply them in every pattern. You know, vertical spreads have a very uh, specific underlying pattern that are uh, they work with. And the other ones, they kind of work with marginally, if not at all. And the other ones, you really put yourself under a lot of risk. So instead of having this tool and trying to apply it to all different patterns, look at the pattern that's in front of you and then find the right option strategy and options to populate that strategy. Because that's the whole art of it. It's pattern recognition followed by pattern utilization, not pattern utilization. And then let's try to fit it willy-nilly to a pattern. And that lesson and many more can be found in the live workshop. Once again, the link is in the comments. AJ, uh, do you have anything special planned this weekend? You know, my wife and I have our newborn. Our newborn is going to be eight weeks on Sunday. And so, honestly, we're playing it cool. We, yeah. uh, we're we in the Washington, D.C. area. In fact, we're thinking next week to head to our beach house because the Washington, D.C., if you've been seeing on the news, we're like the place where this Omicron variant is like spreading like wildfire. So we're not even going out of our house. We're just going to have some like takeout sent in and you well know. I, I i've got two suggestions for you for the weekend okay okay the new, the new matrix just came out i don't know if yeah. you're a big matrix guy but that that's something to maybe check out this weekend yes that's <laughs> that's absolutely what i i, I didn't want to but yes I, I i admit that's exactly what's on the plan for tomorrow evening and um, another one that I'm looking forward to, Don't Look Up. It's the newest one with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and yeah. Meryl Streep just came out on Netflix. That's the um, the one where he's uh, some sort of scientist or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's out on Netflix already. Yep, yeah. My wife, 
my wife had me watching the Emily in Paris, which is like something that we have a guilty pleasure. It's the it's quite cheesy and it's like a rom-com thing imaging. And so we already binge watched Emily in Paris in the first day that it was out. So, yeah. OK, don't look up and Matrix and then be ready for some trading on Monday. That's right. And uh, enjoy the time with your friends and family and stay safe, everybody. Stay safe. Thank you for tuning into the AJ Brown Show. If you're interested in learning more about AJ and his investing techniques, head on over to tradingtrainer.com and create your free account today. And if you're not already a subscriber to the show, hit that subscribe button and we'll get you fresh content daily.